Welcome back to Building Better Basketball Season 2, the Basketball Australia Coaches Podcast. I'm Neil Gray, Basketball Australia Community Coach Development Manager. Today I'm joined by a coach who's gone from the top of Australia in Cairns right down to the bottom in Tasmania. Nick Martin is currently the State Head Coach and Development Manager at Basketball Tasmania. He's recently also returned from Guam where he was one of the assistant coaches of the gold medal winning under-15 Australian girls team. Welcome to Building Better Basketball, Nick. Yeah, thanks, Neil. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Let's start most recently in Guam. First time for you coaching at the international level. How did you find it? And what was it like working with friend of the podcast, Zoe Carr and Renee Garlett? Yeah, it was uh, overall just yeah, a phenomenal experience. And, you know, anytime you get to represent your country, it's not something that should be taken for granted. And, you know, my first time, uh, representing Australia, you know, personally, it was it was a pretty big deal uh, to me, and I know uh, I know my mum has been, um, who, who's a nurse, has been showing uh, everyone photos of me coaching uh, for Australia. So, um, yeah, like a really cool experience. You know, obviously getting to Guam, um, there's some challenges with that, just from a travel point of view, and it's um, you know, it's a bit of a trek to kind of to kind of get there and. Um, yeah, some challenges that kind of come with that. And, and obviously uh, it's the youngest group of Australian uh, athletes we've ever taken away as well. So, so uh, but what really stood out to me is it was, yeah, fantastic uh, staff to work with, fantastic team, despite, you know, some challenges that popped up throughout the week. Uh, everyone uh, represented the country with great pride and, and went about it the right way. And I thought we had a really good balance of, uh, you know, fun and being serious. And, you know, uh, when you strike a good balance with those two things uh, in a high performance or, to be honest, any environment, uh, you know, good things happen. So, yeah, overall, a great experience. Well, just for people that are maybe rushing to Google or thumbing through a Atlas, can you just tell us what the, uh, what the route was from Nick Martin to get from Hobart to Guam? Yeah, so... Uh, Myself and, and Nash Walker, who was uh, one of our um, Tasmanian athletes, uh, we actually had to leave a day earlier than everyone just due to uh, not being able to get into Sydney early enough um, on the Saturday. So we, we left on the Friday. Uh, for, for me, it was a uh, flight from Hobart to Melbourne, Melbourne to Sydney, then uh, stayed the night uh, in Sydney on the Friday, uh, and then Saturday, Jumped, um, met up with everyone else and jumped on the plane and yeah, uh, a relatively long international flight from Sydney to Manila in the Philippines. We then had uh, an, an interesting layover, let's call it that, uh, for a couple of hours at the airport there and then uh, jumped on a, uh, off the top of my head, it was, it was pretty late at night, almost midnight or something like that, uh, a short kind of three and a half hour flight uh, to Guam. So we, we got in, um, yeah, what was it? Sunday morning, first thing in the morning, got a few hours sleep and then uh, we were straight into it, uh, practice around lunchtime. And a bit of a temperature shift, I'd imagine, from Hobart to Guam as well? Uh, definitely was. Um, yeah, that was the first thing. As soon as you walked outside the, the, you know, the Guam airport, you went, oh, and it definitely hit me straight away. And, and that was in the wee hours of, of Sunday morning. So that, um, you know, that, that 
uh, gave me a good little preview of what the middle of the day was going to feel like. Um, but it did uh, just spark some memories of what it was like uh, when I used to live in Cairns, not, not too dissimilar to that kind of weather. Um, so hopefully everyone will have listened to the episode that we did with Rob and Zoe and you would have seen that I made sure that Zoe got a copy of Braveheart on her desk went for her when she got back from Guam. So I'm looking forward to uh, her movie review of that. But you, I'm sure hopefully some of you will have seen the article that because um, Pete Lonergan was in Guam with you guys as well. And he wrote a really uh, good piece for the Basketball Australia coaches website around um, Zoe and Renee being ex-WNBL players who are now in the coaching pathway. So from uh, from your perspective, what what were the kind of real benefits that they brought from a, obviously we know they're exceptional coaches, but, and you would have seen them coach in, in your other role with Basketball Tasmania, but working with them closely, what were the, the things that they brought to the party, I suppose? Like I mentioned before, phenomenal staff to work with and um, yeah, two uh, really, really high level uh, female coaches, which is, you know, which was personally to me, uh, really good to have, uh, that experience with them, uh, plus we were, you know, well supported as well uh, with a really good manager um, and and uh, physio too. So it was a, yeah, like I mentioned, a, a great overall staff to to work with. And I thought what we did as a staff is we complemented each other really well. So uh, you know, one thing that I, I really, and as soon as you talk to Renee, you, you feel it straight away, just how upbeat and energetic and positive she is, and um, you know, that, that was one of the kind of key takeaways I took from her is just how uh, positive she was all the time and her approach, but still uh, found times and moments to, you know, uh, coach details and get on the athletes as, when required. And so it was really cool to you know, see a coach who kind of had that approach. And it's, you know, definitely a little bit dissimilar. Uh, you know, it's not quite how I go about it. Um, so it was uh, refreshing, I guess, to see it, um, you know, coach, coach hard and coach with good details, um, you know, from a differing kind of uh, approach. Uh, and then, yeah, Zoe, uh, can't speak, you know, highly enough about her and, um, you know, really lucky to have her uh, as the head coach of that group. Um, you know, uh, for, for me, I, I thought she did a really good job of, of enabling us as assistant coaches to have, you know, good input with the team, whether that was, you know, us contributing to uh, the game review, uh, you know, contributing to the scout, uh, in practice, you know, giving us um, opportunity to, to run drills or work with, you know, athletes in, in what we call our vitamin section where we're working on fundamentals, um, it, you know, then to, to player meetings as well and uh, allowing us as assistant coaches to, to run uh, a number of those meetings as well. So that was, you know, what that was really cool to be able to work with a coach who enabled you as an assistant to be able to, you know, really uh, contribute to the to the team. And uh, you definitely feel valued as an assistant when, um, you know, when that happens. And you know, like I mentioned, I, I really like uh, you know, just how we went about it as a staff. I thought we struck a really good balance. Uh, we held the athletes to really high standards and, uh, we were constantly coaching them. Uh, and, you know, you, you would look at the scoreboard, you know, for all the games we played and you go, oh, well, that would have been easy. Um, but, 
but there's a real challenge in itself of, of coaching athletes when, yeah, you do have a bit of a lead, but we still want to hold you accountable and uh, we still got to demand the right habits from ourselves. And uh, it was really, yeah, a fun group to be a part of. And um, I really like how, yeah, that balance we struck with it all. So there was the chance to, to work with players and coaches from other states in Australia, but probably most interestingly to you, the chance to see other countries as well and, and how they went about it. Was there something in the great coaching tradition that you saw that you thought, I'll, I'll steal that and uh, take it back to Tasmania with me? Yeah, I, I think just reflecting on the, you know, the Australian stuff and how we did, did it, uh, I really enjoyed getting on the floor with the athletes and uh, we, we did a good job of on our off days, we would compete really hard at practice. And then, you know, obviously the games, it was, it was really good what we, what we did there. Uh, but I think for me, it was, it really reinforced that, uh, yes, at, even at the international level, the fundamentals of the game are so important. And, you know, I think that's something that a lot of coaches uh, may not realise when you, you know, go up level, so to speak, that those fundamentals, they're still super important. They're still things that, you know, hit on at every practice, every game. And it, it's some very basic stuff that you, you wouldn't expect at that level. You know, we're talking about, uh, you know, playing off two feet, coming to a jump stop, how to pivot. And uh, so it was, I guess, from my perspective, uh, really, really good to uh, reinforce and kind of confirm some of my beliefs as a coach and, and what I think is important. So that was, uh, you know, I guess some of the learning was, was getting those things reinforced. Uh, and as far as some of the you know other countries and um, I really liked New Zealand and how they went about their pregame. They did a really good job of getting, you know, all the assistant coaches on the floor, uh, working on the athletes, you know, taking uh, shots that they would throughout their offense, you know, you know, working on their ball handling, their passing. I thought that, you know, that warm-up was really uh, cool to see and something that, um, you know, I might try to steal and, and take back and see how we can apply that with our, our Tassie State teams at the Nationals. We'll go back to the start a little bit now and I touched in the intro and, and you mentioned that you've gone the, the length of the country in your basketball journey from up in Townsville to, to down in Obar. Um, can you just touch on some of the key landmark points for you, I guess, that got you from from the north to the south? Yeah, so originally from Queensland, uh, born in Ipswich, not too far from Brisbane, uh, although I probably shouldn't have said that because I don't like too many people to know that about me. Um, but no, uh, yeah, born in Ipswich, moved up to Cairns when I was uh, yeah, quite young, seven or eight years old. Uh, I've always been involved in basketball as, as long as I can remember. You know, some of my earliest memories of me uh, dribbling a basketball and shooting in the backyard. Uh, so, you know, as a uh, junior, so to speak, I, I played lots of, you know, club, Basketball played a little bit of representative basketball. Uh, I was quite, I guess, fortunate that I realized early that I wasn't going to become a professional basketball player. So I started to uh, invest more of my energy and my time uh, into other aspects of the game. So, you know, I did a lot of refereeing, 
Uh, I did school bench. I've done some, you know, uh, I did a school-based traineeship where I got some admin experience working in basketball. So, uh, you know, I, I kind of surrounded myself with as many opportunities as I could in all the different elements of the game. And I'm a big believer that uh, the more you know about the game as a whole, it will help you, uh, whether it's as a player or a coach, you know, it's good to uh, have knowledge of all the different aspects of the game. And as far as coaching, I started coaching when I was about 13 years old. Uh, yeah, coaching just, uh, I think it was an under, maybe under 12, uh, or under 10, something like that, that club team. So I did that for a number of years. Uh, then I got involved in coaching representative basketball where I uh, was, was quite fortunate to uh, coach some really strong teams in Cairns. And, uh, you know, we won a number of state tournaments and uh, with the under 14 age group, got to go away to some under 14 club champs where we had some really good success with that. Uh, then started to get involved with the Queensland uh, state program, which, yeah, was you know, I was quite young um, to get some experiences as an assistant coach and going away to, to nationals. Uh, once I got to 18 years old, I, uh, you know, finished, just finished high school and I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do next uh, with my life. Uh, I knew I wanted to be involved in basketball though. And uh, I was gonna, I was planning on having a bit of a gap year. And uh, one of the, the things I did, um, yeah, pretty early on as I, I just sent an email through to Aaron Fern, who at the time uh, was the head coach of the Cairns Taipans. And uh, literally within half an hour, he had replied to my email and said, hey, come in tomorrow and uh, let's have a chat. And uh, anyway, went in. Went in. Uh, he, he was actually uh, Aaron Baines, who obviously everyone would be quite familiar with Aaron Baines. Um, it was, was in there doing an individual with, with, with Aaron Fern. Uh, anyway, he finished that session up, you know, we then going down to his office and we had a chat and he basically said, look, if you're happy to have you around as, as much as you, you want, if you, you know, if you're all in, we'll have you at everything. So, uh, I kind of got my foot in the door, uh, as a development coach with them. And, and I went to every single, uh, practice. I was at every single home game and I just kind of fully immersed myself in that, uh, for that first season, uh, I then uh, was really fortunate that I guess I must have done an okay job because uh, by the end of that first season, uh, I, I was working a little bit at like a friendly grocer, working a couple of hours uh, of a night time and then yeah, doing all the basketball stuff during the day. Uh, and yeah, th that was my source of income, so to speak. And uh, I didn't love it. It was a good experience. And I, you know, I'm glad I had that experience of, of uh, working a real job, so to speak. But then, um, yeah, Aaron Fern, uh, through the club, they had a uh, community engagement officer role, which uh, wasn't a full-time role. It was something like, you know, 10 hours a week. And they offered that to me as well as, you know, continuing to do everything that I was doing prior. So year two saw me starting to do some of that, as well as, you know, being at every practice, every game. Uh, that kind of evolved for year three, where I then started to do some part-time work as a development officer with Cairns, uh, Cairns Basketball. And then kind of year four, it had uh, fully formed into a full-time role as, as the development manager at Cairns Basketball and uh, probably didn't do as much with the type ends uh, towards the end in, in as far as practices. I was still at every game and um, our offices were right next to each other. So I still spent a lot of time with, with the coaches there. Um, 
I, I should probably mention throughout that experience too, um, you know, I've been really fortunate over my career to have a lot of uh, mentors and a lot of really good mentors. So I've had, like I mentioned, Aaron Fern, who's you know the biggest mentor I've had and, and I owe him a lot. Uh, Mick Downer was one of the assistant coaches uh, back then with the Taipans. Obviously, he's with Adelaide 36ers now and you know he's been around a bit. Uh, and uh, I remember one day having a conversation with Mick and I said, oh, look, I want to be involved with the Australian stuff one day. How do I do it? Uh, because at that time, he was the technical assistant with the Boomers. Uh, actually, sorry, I think he was just finishing up as the technical assistant with the Boomers. Uh, and he put me in contact with Adam Caporn, who uh, was kind of taking over his technical assistant role with them. And um, yeah, again, it seemed very quick. Adam got in contact with me and he just kind of said, hey, look, if you're happy to you know, do some things externally and you know, cut up some film and do a little bit of scouting for us for the Asia Cup, um, you know, more than welcome to do that. And I think it was a little bit of a test run to see how I went. Uh, again, I must have done an okay job because uh, then I was, so I think I scouted New Zealand at the Asia Cup in what would have been 2017. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, must have done an okay job because uh, for the 2019 World Cup, I ended up scouting, what, I don't know, four or five teams for the World Cup. All, you know, all that was external, and um, but obviously really good for me as a young coach to be able to grow my network and, and you know, get a little glimpse into what, uh, you know, environment such as the Boomers is like. Um, yeah, so then uh, the opportunity uh, came up uh, in Tassie uh, to move down to become a Southern Development Officer and, uh, you know, jumped at the opportunity and, you know, I was really excited to, to be able to work with Mark Radford, who, you know, now with the, the Jack Jumpers is an assistant coach, uh, but, you know, he's, he's well known around basketball Australia circles as, you know, a great basketball mind and a great basketball coach. So I made the move um, down for that. Uh, and then, yeah, I was a development officer for three or four years. And then uh, about, oh, what, maybe 18 months ago now, uh, Mark moved to the Jack Jumpers and, and his position became available. And uh, we are really fortunate to be to be offered uh, the position. So I don't know how short that was, but in a short snapshot, that's kind of my basketball journey. I think it's... Like there's there's a few really powerful messages to take away from that. Like people ask me all the time, like how how did you get into sport? How have you worked in so many different sports? Why in the heck is a Scottish guy in Australia um, working in basketball, let alone all the stuff I did before? And I think it's exactly like right back to your origin story like you just got to shoot your shot and like if you don't ask you'll you'll never know kind of thing and then the the value of all the the mentors that you've had going through as well and um that speaks to like not only a uh personal awareness of being open to listening to other people but also seeking out other people's opinions and, and feedback and and support so yeah it might have seemed like you were talking for a while, but hopefully everyone that was listening to it was finding something in, in your story as well that they can relate to either where they are in their coaching journey or someone they know is at in their coaching journey and they can be one of those um, people to support them. Um, so now you're in Tasmania and 
you mentioned the jack jumpers a couple of times. I think everyone got swept up in jack jumper fever last year, unless you were a diehard Melbourne United fan. Um, and then anyone that was at the under-18s in Ballarat this year that didn't have an allegiance or their team had gone out was very quickly onto the Tassie boys bandwagon. I was one of those, as, as you know. Um, and no doubt the numbers games and numbers game, sorry, in Tassie doesn't stack up against many of the other states from a total club and player development point of view. Um, but obviously things are going gangbusters as basketball fever is hitting. So can you tell us about some of the um, initiatives that are happening with basketball in Tasmania? Yeah, so, you know, I think you mentioned it there and um, it, it's been a what seems like a really massive kind of 12 to 18 months uh, for basketball in Tassie. And, you know, like you mentioned, the, the Jack Jumpers have really, I guess, highlighted everything that's going on um, down here. And they, without a doubt, have definitely added, um, you know, to, to uh, you know, some, some great basketball, um, you know, having more basketball minds and stuff like that around the state. Uh, I think for us, it's it's really important that we we know what we are, and we are a you know a smaller state. We only have you know five hundred and fifty thousand people, so you know that um, doesn't stack up against a lot of those uh, larger states like uh, you know Victoria and New South Wales and Queensland. So you know, important for us to understand that, and with that being the case, we have to operate differently. You know, if we tried to go about it the exact same way that those larger states go about it, then it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work because of, like you mentioned, just the pure, pure numbers. So, uh, you know, some things within our development programs, uh, you know, they were really well established. Um, I'm going to miss, I'm going to misquote this, but I think it was about seven or eight years ago, um, you know, and full credit to Mark Radford and, you know, Chris McCoy, our former CEO, um, you know, who, who went about establishing the future development program and state development program in the state. And, you know, what we do, that's, you know, a, a lot of other states have those exact same programs, but well, how do we, you know, how's it different? Uh, you know, we, we started on the 12s with our future development program. And a big part of that is uh, trying to, uh, you know, assist the athletes nice and young and kind of, uh, aid in the development that yes they get from their clubs but you know, hopefully by working with us nice and young too that's going to uh, fast track their development at a young age uh, so yeah we started on the 12s of that uh, all of our programs we actually have quite large numbers in our programs so uh, for yes being a small state we have uh, for this current cycle we have over 500 athletes in our future development program and state development program which um, you know, that, that's a lot of athletes on, on the floor for a, you know, a typical session that we run during the week. We have uh, you know, 20 to 30 athletes, which for some sessions is on one court with two rims. So, um, you know, there's some challenges with that kind of stuff. But I think uh, what it has done is it's given more kids in Tasmania the opportunity to be a part of, um, you know, our programs and get some, you know, high-level coaching. And... Yes, there's challenges within it, but it's it, it actually uh, forces us as coaches to go about it um, in a certain way and be creative with how we go about it. So, um, you know, we try to limit the amount of standing around that happens at sessions. And, um, you know, there's some good challenges that we 
somehow overcome. Um, we're trying to keep everyone engaged and involved and, and really maximizing um, you know, the 90 minute sessions that we have. Uh, as well, I guess what we do differently with our programs is, is we go year round. Uh, so we, a typical cycle for us, we have selections in August, um, start the cycle at the end of September, and then we go all the way around until June, July, the following year. Uh, now we don't have sessions on during um, school holidays, but uh, as, as we all know, uh, typically school holidays are pretty full with national tournaments and, and stuff like that. Um, so what that enables us is to have really regular points of contact with all the athletes. And that's you know something that I, I know some of the larger states, they don't have uh, as much, you know, as many touch points, I guess, with the athletes. And uh, through that, what it allows us to do is it allows us to really, um, uh, I guess, influence the athletes and their development. And, and hopefully uh, from a young age and through our regular contact with them, um, we can you know, help them create some really good habits and a really good understanding of the game. And uh, that's something that, again, we, we've got to know what we are as a state and uh, our uh, population is a very small state. Uh, small yes from a number but also small from a height point of view so how we how we have to play as well when we come to a nationals um you know we know that we're not going to be we're going to be probably the shortest or second shortest teams uh, at most national tournaments so we have to play a particular brand of basketball um, and something we really pride ourselves on is uh, our basketball iq and understanding the game and and you know playing uh playing the right way so to speak uh and again, we wouldn't be able to do that or as effective as what we do without, um, you know, without all the regular touch points of the athletes and um, the opportunities we have to, to influence them in their basketball. One of the programs that you have in Tasmania that I know I'm a big fan of and, and people that sign up to do the new club coach course that's coming out in January will, will see some of the participants in your coach acceleration program, I think, Again, it's not just um, players and playing numbers and clubs that have been invigorated by the kind of refocus in basketball in, in Tasmania over the last 18 months, but you've, you've also developed really strong um, resourcing into your, your coaches and the coach acceleration programs part of that. So can you give us a bit of background on that, Nick, as well, and, and how that's rolling out at the minute? Yeah, so we, we launched that program uh, in 2021 and it was, it was actually based off the idea um, of Basketball Australia's uh, Emerging Coach Initiative, which uh, I was a member of that uh, back in what, 2020, I think it was. So I uh, really liked the idea, I guess, behind that program and decided to um, copy it. You know, and like you mentioned before, in, in a typical basketball uh, fashion, we, we like to copy things. Um, so what the program is, uh, yeah, we, we select a group of coaches and we try to make it a relatively small group. So uh, for, for this year, as an example, uh, we have, I think it's uh, 12 coaches across the whole state uh, that are in the program. Now, uh, it's essentially, it's a year of development and um, a year of development opportunities for the coaches that are a part of the program. Uh, we try to give them, you know, some feedback. We try to give them some mentoring. Uh, something we've introduced this year is we actually 
buddy them up with a member of last year's program. So it kind of helps build their network and, um, you know, uh, their opportunities, I guess, to learn from other coaches and uh, some of the things that they'll do in the program uh, can be a bit daunting. So, you know, one of the things we get them to do is uh, they have to essentially present at what we call a coach's huddle. So a coach's huddle is essentially a smaller version of a coaching clinic where there might be, say, 10 coaches, 10 to 15 coaches in the room. Uh, and it's, it's not necessarily on the court. It's, it's often, you know, in the classroom uh, type setting. So we get them to present at a coach's huddle, which uh, that can be a daunting task having to, uh, you know, present to your peers. And um, so it's good for them to have that buddy system and someone who's been through that they can learn from and uh, ask questions. Um, so, yeah, we buddy them up. And, and like I said, they get plenty of little opportunities like presenting at a coach's huddle. Uh, we, we've had them all uh, write an article for our X's and O's newsletter. Um, so just trying to give them opportunities that uh, I guess you don't typically get if you're, you know, if you go to a coaching course or if you coach at a club, uh, you don't typically get the opportunity to be able to do some of these things. Uh, and then probably, you know, one of the uh, one of the really cool things that we've done through the program is, is we just have a, a Zoom series. So uh, over the past, so uh, last year and this year, we've had uh, 12 presenters on and uh, we've had, we've been really fortunate with the presenters we've, we've had. We've had an absolute range of, of presenters. We've been really, you know, well supported by Basketball Australia and, you know, we had Ash Harnett uh, present to the group this year. Uh, we've had a bunch of college coaches. Uh, so I'm trying to think who we've had. Uh, we had Rick Troy, um, who's at uh, CBU, where a couple of our Tassie athletes are. Uh, we've had Aaron Fern present to the group. Um, and then we've also gone a bit of a different path this year as well. And we had John Fletcher, who's from Netball Tasmania. He's essentially uh, equivalent to my role for Netball in Tasmania. And we kind of had him talk about coaching in general. And, and you know, I think there's so much to learn from coaches in other sports, as you would know. And uh, yeah, it's been really, uh, that's been a really cool part of the program is, is getting to learn from all these different coaches who all have different backgrounds and experiences. So Nick, that leads nicely into the final question. So we ask everyone that comes on the podcast this, if you could ask any coach of any sport, either with us or, or passed on a question, who would the coach be and what would the question be? Yeah, uh, good question. Uh, and for me, it's, it's a pretty easy answer, really. Uh, I'm a massive Boston Celtics fan, so it has to be someone from that organization. And, uh, you know, I really like Brad Stevens and, you know, obviously not coaching currently, but, um, you know, he, he's had a very successful, uh, you know, college and, and NBA coaching career despite, you know, being so young. Uh, so I think for me, uh, I would ask Brad Stevens, you know, uh, what advice he would have for a young coach and, you know, that, I'm very aware that I'm still very much a young coach. Uh, so I'd be interested to, to hear what he had to say about that. And uh, probably I would ask him two questions. And the, the second one <laughs> would be, uh, yeah, yeah. Second one would be, you know, what would he do, I guess, differently to, to manage or reduce uh, burnout in coaching? And, uh, you know, obviously he's probably well noted that 
you know, he's now the head of the, the GM of basketball for the Celtics. And he kind of stepped away from coaching. And a big part of that was uh, he was just burning out. And, you know, I think that's an important thing um, that we need to be more conscious of as coaches is, is burnout. And I would be interested to hear um, any advice he had on, on how to manage that. So uh, hopefully personally, that, that never happens to me. And uh, knowing your Boston Celtics fandom now, it does put your bleed green hashtag that you use into a life as well. Um, thank you so much, Nick, um, for your time and, and for coming on. I know you've been slammed since you got back from Guam. Um, if anyone does run into Nick's mom now and she shows you a photo, you'll be able to uh, say, oh, I, and I listened to him on the podcast as well. Um, Nick, good luck with um, everything that's coming up in Tasmania. And um, yeah, we look forward to continuing to see all the, all the development of the athletes and the coaches that you're working with down there. Thanks, Neil. Appreciate it.